Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Zed. And Happy New Year. We are... Happy New Year. Yeah, recording our first episode of the year. Um, a lot of exciting stuff has happened. We've had six games of basketball, I believe, unless Utah was actually like the 30th or 31st, regardless. I think it was actually the 31st, now that you mention it. So yeah, we'll just we'll group it in. Um, but yeah, things have been rolling in terms of UCLA sports, and also other, you know, programs are going to be starting up pretty soon. So we're going to go over basketball uh, for men's and women's. Talked about, you know, Martin Jarman, always, and then um, speak about football, and then talk about other things that are Bruin related. But yeah, so what's going on? How's men's basketball going? been doing with Utah and Colorado you know uh, um, I need to uh, get my blood pressure checked after every game I need to you know make sure my my heart is functioning properly they've been eking out really really close wins but I think this has become kind of the the identity of the team Um, you saw it against Utah we saw it against Colorado um, we saw it against a, a very bad Arizona State team where we were missing, or they were missing half of their players. Um, and, and we saw it, you know, against uh, Arizona and then most recently Washington. Um, it's, this is kind of becoming their trademark as, you know, playing really tight games and figuring out ways to close them out in the final few minutes of the game and executing really good offense. Um, That's sort of become the identity. We're not getting the, like, typical Mick Cronin lockdown defense team, Um, and I'll get into that in a second, but we're getting a a very strange (laughs) team that is very good at offense, just mediocre at defense and we're often in really really tough close games but you know as a testament to to how well and how um the the mental fortitude this team has is that they've eked out every single one of those wins um you know with the one outlier being against washington state where we demolished them by 30 um other than that it's been these close tight games and and we're finding ways to win and and that's that's all that matters in the end right is that w so if we can if that's our identity then it is what it is but um you know be be ready to to have your blood pressure rising at the end of every game yeah it is funny to think about how you know this team is probably what would you say? I, I would say it's one of the least talented UCLA teams in terms of makeup. I mean, grit is there, and then hard work is there, but in terms of the rankings or where they fall in line with their peers. And Mick is really, he seems to finally get in the groove, I think, as a recent, even though Washington was, again, just a, a, a slow start, and it was at home. It was just a very sluggish game, and then, you saw the adjustment in, you know, in the second half. They came out guns blazing to, to bring the score within three and then quickly you know, grab the lead. Um, it, it is one team that I think they like playing together. You can see that. They're winning games I don't think we would win if Alfred was coaching. Um, but Absolutely. We, we still have some deficient, you know, deficiencies on, on the defense, you know, and especially since Chris Smith 
we lost Chris Smith. Um, I, what did we lose him? Uh, Colorado game? Was it that game? Yep. Or you, mm-hmm. Yeah. So after we lost him after that game, I think it's helped actually on the offensive end in terms of the flow of the ball because you get to see more guys get involved. There's more shots. And so ironically, it seems like the team is flowing better on offense. Uh, even Riley's improved his offensive game, which was has been a big... Um, you know, glaring highlight. And then Ju Zhang seems to be getting a rhythm a lot more. You know, his best shooting game was against Washington State, so hopefully that's a sign of trajectory going up rather than an outlier. Um, but uh, we're seeing Jules, is, he seems like he's pretty consistent, right? And he's been, I would say, the most improved player of this season. Um, Tiger, is, he's having, you know, a hell of a stretch. And especially that Arizona game, Wow. Like, that was the Tiger that we all know he can play up to. And the one I've spoken of in the last episodes I would like to see, and I felt like he was just on the cusp of. So, yeah, with these guys, it's just, it, it, they're a fun group to watch. I think, yeah, they're, they're, they deserve to be ranked. I would say they should be ranked a little bit higher. Um, you know, maybe 19 to 22 at We this should point. have been ranked the week before, too. So, I mean... It is what it is, but at this point, I don't think we need to worry too much about rankings as long as we just keep winning. Um, and, you know, Mick Cronin, I think, in general, hopefully will do a good job of just kind of keeping the noise away from the team's ears a little bit. Yeah, and to that point, I will say that we have had a very favorable start to the Pac-12 play, so things are going to pick up. I mean, Stanford, I guess, will be a tough game coming up this weekend, but... Next week when we play Oregon, um, and then uh, I think the following week when we have SC. So, yeah, with that in mind, it is going to be, I mean, SC even then, it's just a poorly coached team with, you know, one guy who's a really good stud. So it's hard to even say if they would give us a challenge. But Oregon would be a formidable game. Yeah, and, yeah, we we have our, our toughest you know, yeah, you're right. The toughest part of the Pac-12 schedule is coming up. Um, but, you know, part of the Pac-12 is just kind of beating itself up. Um, Washington just beat Colorado yesterday. Uh, Southern Cal just lost to Oregon State. And so that's giving us a little bit of a breathing room. It'll be interesting to see what happens at um, between Oregon and, and SC this weekend. Um, and, and who kind of comes out on top there. But in general, it's, you know, we're up one to two games on kind of the, the, the better teams right now, Oregon being only one game behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're sitting in a really good spot. And, you know, I think this team is going to continue to improve. I know we've talked about the offense being really good. Um, the, the real improvement needs to be on defense, and I don't know how much more improvement we can, we'll see, but I do think, you know, Mick Cronin will figure out a way to eke a little bit of, a little bit more defensive production out of this team, because going back to that comment you made about kind of the least talented, you know, I, I, I understand we have a lot of four-star guys on this team, but we don't have a lot of really athletic guys on this team right now. Um, you know, Jules is probably the most athletic starter. Um, you know, Jalen Hill is very athletic down low as a big man. Uh, and then, you know, we have Jalen Clark, who was key in that finish against Washington. And I think we're going to see a lot more of him coming 
in as a defensive stopper. Um, but because of that athleticism, it, I think it caps our defensive ability a little bit, especially once we lost Smith, um, who was probably our most athletic guy. He was long, lanky, can jump, um, and he was quick laterally. And so losing that uh, athleticism on the defensive end really hurt us more than it hurt us on the offensive end. And so, you know, it's it, it's not the hallmark Mick Cronin team, but, you know, if we he can figure out a way to get us better defensively, even with this group of guys, then I think we will, you know, keep faring well against the Pac-12 as we come into the, the tougher part of the schedule and into the, the tournament, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see where this team goes just because... I I think we have a chance to 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 easily win. Not easily because it's still you know the toughest part is coming up. But I think it's favorable that we do win the Pac-12. In terms of regular season, I'm I'm curious to see how the tournament is you know laid out. Um, but and if we can grab like a four or five seed, I think we're in, in good standing to actually yeah. make a, a decent run this year. I mean, look, there's a lot, you know, people keep having heartburn about how, you know, the Pac-12 has not been good and how it's going to hurt our strength of schedule, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I, I get that. But at the end of the day, I think we just, we, we don't have any control over what the other teams are doing. We have only control over our winning. Um, and we just need to keep winning, frankly, to, and it'll all sort of take care of itself. Um, you know, we have games against, like, Cal tonight, for instance. Like, that feels like it could be a trap game because we're looking ahead to Stanford on Saturday and Oregon coming up after that. And we just need to make sure that we take care of business against these teams that we should be beating and then give it our all against teams like Oregon and, and Stanford. Um and, you know, like you said, we'll, we should be able to, you know, achieve that four seed, hopefully, um, if I were to guess. But it, it's also just a weird year of basketball. Like, we're the only blue blood team that is ranked right now, or one of the only ones. Um, so anything could really happen, and who knows? Yeah, I mean, you know, people will say it's really a mulligan year, but it really feels like it. And, I mean, anything that helps us, I, I think if we build momentum and we do get like a Hardy who doesn't end up going pro and stays west, uh, I, it sounds like Kentucky's fading, especially with, you know, as you said, the Blue Bloods aren't doing well. Kentucky lost to Georgia last night, and I think they only have three wins on the season. I believe they're three and nine. Uh, so, yeah, we're now in the basketball world where – UCLA is the only blue blood in the top 25. We got Kansas in there, too. Um, yeah, and Kansas, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So Other than that, I'm looking at it right now. We got no one else unless you consider Nova as kind of a, a new blue blood. Yeah, a um, modern one. They're more so like with the UConn group, I would say. Nova. Yeah, I agree. They're just on the cusp. UConn, Syracuse, Nova. Um, right. No, I totally agree with that. But it's just, yeah, it's a weird year. Um, and, and Mick Cronin has his guys playing well. And I think, you know, there's a, there's a reason why teams like Kentucky and, and even UNC and, and some of these teams that have a lot of young players on it 
aren't doing well is because we lost those off seasons and workouts and practices and things like that. And so these younger guys came in and didn't know what the hell, how to play college ball really. And we, we've seen that throughout college basketball now versus a team like ours with Mick Cronin, who isn't relying on just, you know, freshman one and done, um, phenom type players but is actually building core groups of players that will be there for a few years i think we're seeing that model kind of being tested here um and it's passing with flying colors so far is because we have guys who have been playing in the system now for a year or two um have the experience of playing college ball and now it's showing up and we're we know how to win games those guys have that experience and seasoning um to succeed succeed versus some of those teams that rely on freshmen just don't have that kind of the talent might be there but the 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 experience isn't and so we're we're seeing it this is a season almost feels like a testament to that that model right now agreed um and with that said tomorrow actually today we play cal um i'm mixing up the days but uh it's tonight six tonight at six um pacific time i think again we just we can't underestimate these teams. We saw Washington gave us a pretty good challenge. And Cal is one of those teams, I'm sure, has us on their bulletin board. So we have to make sure that we show up because we're going to be playing. On the road? On their road, you know, in Berkeley. And I don't know if you've ever been there, Zed, but that arena, it's everything's kind of just on top of you. Luckily, they don't have fans, but it's like a small, like, it's just very vertical in right. terms of that, like it's a very odd arena versus the others. I actually, I mean, I, I like it, but it's it's one of those where you're more on top than like Poly Pavilion, where a little bit more spread out and more similar to the Rose Bowl in terms of the the makeup of it. But it's just it's a it's it's going to be a different environment there on the road, you know, and it'll be different from Stanford who they play on the weekend, and is looking to be a tougher opponent. But regardless, the Bay Area trip is, is nothing we should look over. Those teams always, you know, have UCLA and USC on their bulletin board, as we do, and we want to beat both of them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, Cal does have some good players on the team, so we shouldn't overlook them tonight. You know, Matt Bradley is a guy who could go off uh, very similar to – how Quade Green went off against us for Washington. Matt Bradley's a guy who could go off um, against us, and so we, we shouldn't overlook him and, and Cal. And then, you know, Stanford and, on Saturday with Zaire. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it'll be a, an interesting test. It feels like our first true road games but it's not because we we swept the Arizona team so um it just feels like we've had a lot of home games this year for some reason and sadly we can't go to them but um yeah so you know we've McCronin's been successful on the road and and you know against some better teams and so hopefully we see some W's and and go up to to nine and zero in conference play um how many Which road sweeps incredible. does does uh does Cronin have right now too? Did he only get one th- last year? I think Cronin already Yeah, I think he has two in his first two years, which is more than Alfred had in five years. So Yeah. Um Insane. If that I, isn't a testament to 
how much better of a coach he is. I don't know what is. Yeah, we just need those uh, defensive adjustments. But yeah, UCLA basketball is in, it's in a good place. Um, but also the toughest challenge is coming up now. I'll feel more confident after um, probably the Arizona game on the 18th. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, on the other side, the women's team, um, they keep rolling. They're up to number six now. Uh, they eked out a very, very close win against um, Washington State, who was number 24 or 25 at the time in overtime. Um, but they, they squeezed that out and, and won in the end, and now they've jumped up to number six, and they have a huge showdown with number five, Stanford, again. Um, so we have a kind of a revenge game going on there, which will be exciting to see this Friday. Yeah, I mean, even with Washington State, I think one thing that glared from that whole game was the fourth quarter. We only scored five points, and so... That was kind of concerning um, just to see us come to a stall after having three strong quarters. And But, again, we pulled it out. I mean, this girl's, very resi- these, this girl's team is very resilient, so I'm not surprised. And Corey Close has shown that, you know, even against Oregon, when Michaela, you know, had the game-winning layup that she's going to put herself, her players in the position to pull it through. So I'm excited to see how they, you know, they play against Stanford tomorrow um, on Friday. And yeah, this be a good matchup. The team, the team has a lot of mental toughness, right? We've seen it even against Stanford the first time. You know, they were down quite a bit, and they came back a little bit, and you know, it kind of yo-yoed back and forth. And actually, if I remember correctly, took the lead for a bit, and Stanford just stormed back. But um, you know, again, this is a team you don't have to worry about just completely wilting against a. a, a higher ranked team or or the pressure you know they will come in and give it their all and so I'm excited to to see if they uh can get that revenge win against Stanford on Friday yeah and I hope they're watching film to see how Colorado did it um yeah because if we if Osborne is shooting well if Natalie is doing well, you know, if she's getting her buckets, then, you know, Michaela's going to get her buckets. I think those three, as long as those three are, are, you know, lay out the foundations, the others will follow, like Miller and and Bizarre. So I'm excited for that game tomorrow. It's going to be a good one. And It will be fun. And let's remind, um, you know, everybody that we did beat Stanford last year. We split with them for the season. So this team is beatable. And... You know, it's already been shown that it's happened this season with this team itself, but we we can, you know, we can very much make a game. We just have to stay to our formula and also just make sure our players are getting open shots and they're hitting them. Yeah, should be a good one. Um, I think it's at 6, 5 or 6 tomorrow. Yeah. Forget. Yeah. I think it's at 6 as well. Um on the Pac-12. No, it's at 7. No, it's at 7. 7? Yeah. On the Pac-12 network? That's yeah. a shame. I know. This one should be at ESPN. Or Fox. It should be nationally televised, for sure. Top 10. But there we go. There we go. I guess, we, you know, we'll talk about, you know, Pac-12 news later. But, yeah, basketball is doing well in both respects. I think we're one of the few schools in the country. What else? What other schools would be there? Baylor and Louisville. 
and then maybe two more that I'm missing that are ranked in both girls and, and guys. So it's exciting times. Very exciting indeed. Um, yeah. As a basketball fan for, of UCLA, you gotta, you got to be happy right now. Yeah. I was switching over, heading over to the turf um, on the other side of Pauley Pavilion. Uh, do, do we have to? We can quickly touch on it. It's not much to go over, but um, football is just a few, you know, a few tidbits that we have with football, and it mostly is revolving around transfers um, and how that's looking. I mean, we've gotten Garbers since the last time we spoke, which is pretty much, I think, solidifies the QB room, and I, I know we talked about it before when we missed on Dart. Um, my my thinking was like I just want to see how the transfer market is looking because I know this is going to be a big year for that. So if we can pull over somebody, I think Garbers is actually perfect. I know Ryan Hilsansky um, also went in the portal and he, now he's ended up at Northwestern. That was another name I would have you know liked to look at, but I, I like Garbers even more so. Um, and now it's 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 I think the QB is now not a question mark for me because even. With DTR's injury history, and if something happened, I feel like we have two guys who can come in and, you know, and steer the ship uh, between Chase and Garbers, at least. And we don't even know where Yankoff has developed. You know, he might. So I'm feeling really He's good about He's a receiver. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Not Yankoff, um, McCory. I was thinking, uh, of, right. thinking of the other wrong, the wrong QB. But, yeah. So um, how Yankoff has developed. So I'm feeling good about this room. We have, I, I would say, three three playable QBs, uh, assuming Garbers is, you know, what he is and the scouts say, and then and possibly four. So that's good. Um, other than that, we need a, a middle linebacker. We really do. We're missing Barnes this past season. Um, we've had some, you know, some very spotty middle linebacker play, so. It'll be really, really good to get somebody in that you know that's out there in the portal with all the movement that's going on. Um, there was word around Lamb from Notre Dame. Um, has there been any any news on that front? Do you know? That one's gone quiet. I think I don't even know actually. From what I read, that UCLA is not interested. Um, they want somebody with a little bit more game experience because Lamb. You know, although he, you know, he we recruit him as as a as a middle, um, he's only played much, pretty much special teams at Notre Dame. And again, going to Notre Dame, it's just a different journey. And he's also, I think, he injured his hip. So there's a few question marks. I know SC is getting in with him, and they're looking at him as well. Um, but I imagine it's going to be the same for us. Like we're going to be looking at similar guys on that front. But, yeah, I, don't, I actually don't think Lamb will end up with us. I think he's going to end up at another school. I don't even know if it's going to be SC, but just another Pac-12 program. It'll probably be like an Oregon State somewhere, somewhere west, where he can actually feel like he's going to get PT. Because I think right. when, when guys transfer because of PT and it's not like I want to be closer to home or any of that stuff, I imagine that they want to go to schools with, like, depth charts where they feel like they're going to be able to be competitive and actually given a chance rather than the younger guy taking over him and who's right. helping. So I don't see that happening at UCLA, even with our 
depth chart, I think he, you know, at the end of the day, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to another Pac-12 program. He has a hell of a game against us. Hopefully it doesn't end up in a loss for us, but just it's a very UCLA thing in terms of how that works. It definitely is. Um, and then there's, there's news around running back transfers uh, from Michigan, the Zach Charbonnet possibly coming to UCLA. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, and I think that's going to affect the Cardwell recruitment, unfortunately, because it looks like Cardwell's heading to Cal, um, and he announces next week. But supposedly a lot of that has to do with the indication that we are looking like the favorites for Zach. And I don't know if anybody watched Zach's film, you know, when he was at Oaks Christian, which is the same school that's given us Peyton, and then it's also given us Ishmael Adams, you know, both guys who are very much contributors, uh, you know, on the field, and then Ishmael was off the field for not the best reason, but <laughs> I, I really like Hish, by the way. I was in school with him. He was a funny dude. But um, outside of that, like, Zach, he, he, he is a big back. He's like, you know, he's exactly, I think, we'll, you know, him and Britton Brown would be really cool because I think we have the speedsters for space. Um, you know, with Keegan and and assuming Casimir, yeah, and I, I think Casimir is sticking around. But um, with those guys, you know, on the, on in space, and I think with Zach, I watched a few of his tapes with Michigan. He just didn't have the O line um, to open up the holes, you know. So I don't really fault him. But I saw his vision on that one big run he had for seventy yards, and it it's something I think we can very much use and. I expect him, you know, to be very much taking snaps, splitting snaps, snaps with um, Brown if he was to come to UCLA. Uh, but it sounds like that is pretty much the indication that he's going to end up with us. SC is another one, supposedly, that's express interest, but it sounds like he hasn't really reciprocated, which even makes him even... I like him even more because of that. So hopefully, well, why would flirt. why would why would he want to go into an air raid offense with most of their backs coming back anyways, right? Yeah, well, they lost Marquis Step left, um, and no, you're right. They're, that's the angle they're trying to sell. Is like we got a new O line coach um, from Texas State who's going to help with you know our running game and open up the holes. He's going to be able to build it. So they're going to be selling him on like the fact that. They got a new O line that's a better fit for their offense, and they're not. They're going to be averaging much more than ninety-seven yards a game, which is insane. You know, a Pac-12 low. Um, so they're 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 going to be pushing that, and they're going to like you. You can be that guy to get those snaps rather than going to a crowded, you know, depth chart, which is not really. If you look at it, on you know, on the surface, it may appear so, but we really could use a Zach. Um, I was excited about our recruitment with him, but he committed pretty early to Michigan. Um, and I was just like, oh, great, another SoCal kid going to the Big Ten or SEC, you know, to go play for the more nationally relevant programs at this moment. So, though, I'm not. All right. We, um, we recruit University of Michigan pretty well. So, that's a really important pipeline we need to keep open. Yeah, shout out to Spate and uh, Asi Asi. So, yeah. <laughs> and it, we should always, I think for Bruins, we should have a look at, you know, uh, Michigan's recruiting classes at the end of each cycle. Be like, which ones could be some candidates for transfers, you know? 
you know, for right. the following year. Um, I think same goes for Notre Dame, not as much as Michigan, but I mean, now we, you know, we have Vander does in the, in the past, but, uh, what's, we just got that linebacker who sat out this year. I forgot his name. We did. Yeah. So no exciting things. I'm really excited about this team next year in terms of the makeup and the depth. Um, especially if we can get middle line, middle linebacker. I am a little concerned about the depth at, in our secondary, now that Elijah Gates, you know, he fell back on a depth chart as Jay Shaw looked like he took his spot. But um, hopefully Gates, uh, I mean, I don't know. It looks like he's heading elsewhere. If you lose your he, spot. Yeah, he's already entered the transfer portal. Yeah. And then the Nujoku brothers are leaving, which, I mean, it makes sense. They weren't really in the rotation, and they are being passed up by younger guys like Matt Sykes. Um, who else? Same thing with Jalen Irwin, who, you know, was looking like he was going to be our speedster. But they were just, it just didn't work out. And especially when you got DeLon Hurts, who, who was catching, who who made similar plays to Jalen Irwin. I think, you know, our wide receiver class, we didn't take too many hits there. And then I, we lost, there was somebody else who entered the transfer portal that I can't remember. Elijah Gates. Njoku brothers but aside from that I mean we haven't lost anybody significant and I that's the one thing I'm excited about next year um you know as we we get that schedule solidified and I don't even want to preview next year until we see what's happening with the, the world you know um and you know what teams are actually going to play but uh, this team is excited to to make some noise they're really coming together I don't know if you watch the DTR a YouTube video of he him nope. explaining why he returned, but it it gave gave me a, a you know another appreciation for his love for UCLA because I know he's come out and been like I hate you know uh, you know I I hate this or I'm annoyed with this or fuck UCLA because it sounded like it was midterm related whatever, and we've all had those moments and we you know you criticize him because he has a bigger platform but he's also had moments where he's shown a lot of love for the school um and in this when he said like i really want to kick usc's ass it was just like okay i <laughs> i you know in terms of his reasoning of returning that was like you know bottled up and then and he was like i don't want to leave this school you know not making an impact um uh, i was like good like yeah that's how you know part of me was like i wish josh rosen stayed one more year so he could have gotten that win against sc because he was zero two um, yeah, but he he had the first round calling. He couldn't give that money up. Yeah, and he couldn't, and it was a new coaching change. It just didn't make sense. Like, but um, I'm glad to see the DTR didn't take a leap, and I think all of us agree that he will benefit from being in school for one more year. I always advise guys who are on the border, if they're not having a breakout year, their junior year, stay one more year. Even with the risk of injury, if you know you have that starter position slot, I mean, we've seen it work wonders. Again, it's a different system, but Alabama's guys with Devontae Smith and Najee Harris could have both went to the pros this past year, but they had a hell of a season, record-breaking, and look at that. They solidified not only their money, but they raised in the draft. Um, they probably um, got, got their own, you know, another Benz, under Saban anyway so they're probably fine but <laughs> but that's what I'm saying like DTR stay one more year prove everybody See, wrong I, 
I, I think in theory you're right, but I do think at a program like Bama, you're more likely to have that that strategy succeed than at a place like UCLA. Like Bama is always going to be a contender, like as long as Nick Saban is there. And so for guys to come back and say, hey, we're going to play one more year and solidify our draft in this system, that makes us look incredible and we win, um, I, I think is a lot less riskier than a guy coming back to UCLA because, you know, there's a high likelihood we don't win and we he, the, that player is not showcased very well. Um, so... You know, I, I, I don't blame anybody if they leave early and they have a shot at getting, you know, drafted high. I mean, when you're surefire to get drafted, yeah. But I'm saying DTR, who would you project him to be this year? Oh, no, say? DTR, uh, sorry, uh, to be clear, DTR should have should absolutely come back. Like, he's not ready to go into the NFL no. in any way or form, so he, he definitely needs to come back. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I'm excited about this team. A lot of depth, a lot of camaraderie. Um, and we just, I think the one thing, I know this was supposed to be short, but we ended up expanding on it, is to see how these coaching, if there's any coaching changes outside of, you know, oh, yeah, that's another news, New Heisel, little New Heisel, Jerry the GOAT, um, you know, <laughs> our, our GOAT backup, maybe one of my favorite backup QBs at UCLA ever and you know uh, a fan favorite has nice been guy, promoted too. yeah just nice guy overall promoted to wide receiver coach so I'm excited to see what he does there I think he's very much in tune with what's going on and it's good to see him promoted after what six years of being a grad assistant I think yeah um, yeah through two coaching staffs too which is impressive yeah, and then he, I guess with the first staff, he was with some talented SEC guys, so it was cool to see. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting to see. He's helping out with the QBs as well, like obviously with, with Dana Bible. And those guys are like, no, oh, you know, he's finally, he's going, heading over to the wide receiver solely. But um, I'm excited to see what he does there. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not as high <laughs> On the team next year. I've been burned too many times, but we'll see. Um, hopefully we'll be able to to actually go watch a game in person. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see We'll see what happens with football next season. But, yeah, there's some, some interesting things going on um, with the team and the program. Uh, but, but we have a lot of other sports starting up this weekend, basically. Um, what do we got? Gymnastics is starting up, which I'm very excited about. Swim and um, dive. Swim and dive's been going. Uh, men's and women's tennis, women's golf, volleyball, men's Gym. or women's volleyball. Gymnastics. Yeah, gym, I, I am very excited about that. Um and then, you know, we have baseball starting up soon. They're ranked number two in the country right now. Um, so, you know, we're, we're looking for a, for a strong season there. Probably won't be able to make it out to Jackie Robinson this season, but that's okay. Um, yeah, there's some, some exciting sports starting up in the, in the winter now for, for us. So 
hopefully we can bring home a, a, a national title or two out of this group. Yeah, let's uh, close the gap with Stanford. That's always you know in the back of our mind ever since they passed it. We were in school, right? It was like 2000, I think 2013 or four. I don't remember. I want to say it happened after we graduated. I just remember, I was like, I, maybe they tied with us while we're in school. That's what it was. I think there was a couple of times where they tied and then we would get one and pass them. And then there was like a year where we just sucked for like six months and they got a few. Yeah. Well, regardless, let's beat the trees. Um, and with that, let's start this weekend with the girls uh, tomorrow. And then with the guys, I believe we play them Saturday, right? Or is it Sunday? Stanford? Yeah. Oh, we play them Saturday at 2 o'clock. Okay, cool. So there you go. So, um, yeah. Other than that, I think that's all for us. We're going to sign off. Uh, oh, other news. One, one, big, one big tidbit that broke last night. Huge for the conference and big implications that, you know, trickled down is Larry Scott is gone. Hashtag fire Larry Scott finally happened. Finally. This is like the moment where you put the sound effects with like the the fireworks and whatnot. <laughs> but yeah, so we you know we'll continue to monitor that. Larry Scott's you know he's here till June June thirtieth, so he gets a similar send off to to Dan Guerrero. But um, they didn't renew his contract and he's leaving. Or it sounds like they bought him. I don't know. Whatever Larry Scott, knowing him, he's gonna do up everything and get another I don't know the guy's nuts but regardless can we uh, just talk about how amazing it is that this man has made nearly 50 million dollars from being employed as the Pac-12 commissioner and he's been paid this money to basically run this conference into the fucking ground yeah and have these stupid experiments one called the Pac-12 network um, move the headquarters for the Pac-12 um, to unreasonable place of San Francisco for for whatever reason from Walnut Creek, which was a lot more... Ch- I don't know. The guy's just financial decisions just very much just sat in He's this. an idiot. Yeah, an unreasonable... Like, I hate... I, the thing is, I don't want to attribute it to his background, but if you read his background, where he went to school and how he grew up, it just, it, it, it just reeks of this kind of grandeur like very illogical um you know unnecessary it's 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 like gaudy like in terms of the way he lived like he thought that he was going to take this Pac-12 network to a lot of places and he just didn't have a really better understanding of what was practical what was doable um and and honestly if we had somebody that wasn't like just it, it, you know exuberant with expenses or doing stuff I don't I mean there's just so many things that he did was super questionable and I it sounds like from what I read even in the past you know 24 hours or actually 12 hours uh, was that people are very relieved in that office from you know these anonymous sources uh, it's just it's it's good to move on from him and I think the conference would really be happy and then also let's note that 10 of the athletic directors at or the, the presidents, you know, or chancellors across the conference are new. They didn't hire him, you know. So the only one of, or, you know, only two was ASU's and then our own Gene Block. Um, so it was time. I'm glad we were able to do it. And I'm excited to see who we, who we pick up and who we look at and what candidates are going to pop up. 
Yeah, there's a lot of early names being thrown out there, obviously. Um, you know, Greg Byrne, Oliver Luck, kind of the um, typical names you'd hear, very experienced, very steeped into, you know, the athletics community. Um, and that's kind of the one thing that's that's come up or, or people are speculating or saying that the Pac-12 is looking for someone that is deeply, deeply, deeply ingrained within the athletics community, not to bring in an outsider, not to bring in, you know, someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Um, I will note um, just an interesting semi-connection to UCLA, and I don't think this is going to happen in any way or form, but I did read an article on The Athletic that kind of was, it was pure speculation on, you know, who the Pac-12 might consider, you know, you had your typical names, and then they had a dark horse candidate kind of um, section with a few names, and our very own Martin German's name was on there, so I thought that was interesting. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's, you know, too young and, and inexperienced at a, at a really high level in athletics. Uh, you know, he's been around the block for a long time now, but, you know, he's still... Still learning the ropes a little bit, but he, you know, the fact that he is a guy that is being brought up is just a testament to how good of a AD he is, in my opinion. Um, you know, if what he's done at UCLA so far hasn't proven that, then um, you know, other people are noticing, and and I'm excited, you know, to see him grow at UCLA and and see what he does for us. Yeah, definitely. Um... My 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 dark horse candidate pick personally is I think they're going to go and get Dan Guerrero because that would be a Pac-12 move. <laughs> Great, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he fits all the criteria. He's very experienced. A lot of athletics experience. That's his entire career. You know, been around the Pac-12 for a long time. Uh, I think he's serving as the president of some sort of athletics. Um, uh, body now, so you know he 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 uh, he's he a ran a balanced fit, right? budget. He's the perfect <laughs> candle. Oh, fuck, this is gonna happen. I'm I'm telling you. Uh, oh my gosh, I will. Uh, I'll just quit. I I will personally petition and 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 campaign for UCLA to leave the Pac-12. And Dan, Dan Guerrero is gonna. Dan Guerrero is going to take all of our games off of TV and only keep them on radio because that would be the alleged fiscally responsible thing to do or some boneheaded, stupid thing like that. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, I think it's going... I, I think one of the top candidates that are going to merge. I have no evidence just because he's been a name on the AD boards for a lot of schools. Is Patrick Chun. I think he's, gonna, he's my dark horse. So I'll be... Excited to see if he he gets consideration. He doesn't have the resume that uh, DG has. Yeah, true. He's the perfect candidate. I'm telling you. We'll see, but we'll keep you updated there. Um, or you'll probably know on Twitter before us, and we can just discuss it. But other than that, yeah, I think we're good to go. And um, yeah, check out Bruins as we take out Cal. We take on Cal and then Stanford this weekend um and then there's a plethora of games um and matches for the other sports that start um other than cool. that check us out follow us on the bruin source on twitter at bruin source on twitter and i think yeah we're gonna sign off from here and go bruins
Go Bruins.